Hey people, welcome back to my book review, uh, part two book review of Parable of the Talents by Octavia E. Butler. Uh, I decided to continue on with this part two just to finish up on my full review of it because Anchor only allows me to speak for only like 30 minutes before it, the timer cuts off when I record. So anyway, I probably have to like upgrade to a higher premium thing if I want to talk longer for each episode. But anywho, the last time um, in the first part, I left off with uh, discussing one of the themes that really struck me, which is the whole, uh, the protagonist dealing with her set of emotions and learning or not learning, but to still really practice being an empath and and basically hiding her ability to you know being a sharer and understanding people's feelings and feeling other people's emotions and whatnot and Olamina aka Lauren she she doesn't see this as a special power even in the the first book of Parable of the Sower she makes it clear that this um is basically a curse or it feels like a curse and um it's because her mother i guess while she was pregnant she had like oh for the life of me i can't remember but she was injected with some type of drug or something um and that those chemicals or those drugs made her become made um olamina or lauren become a sharer so anyway throughout this continuation of Parable of the Talents, there are many other situations or many um, moments where she is in like a violent situation. Like for example, when everybody, including her, were trapped in, um, what's it called? Camp, Camp Christian, I believe. Camp Christian, where they were being taken over by the the uh, Jarrett's Crusaders and you know they destroyed Acorn which was the name of their town that they built based on Earthseed and whatnot and so there are many times where you know where they would have these collars on their necks um, and they were basically slaves to the Crusaders and they would be in pain they would always get shocked um, to pure agony. So whenever Lauren would see someone else get shocked or beaten, she would literally just have to look away. Or even when she would listen to someone screaming, it would kind of hurt her. So bringing that back to how she manages her emotions throughout the story, she basically, she, she wasn't really allowed to um, go through and sit through her emotions and she was basically either bottling it up or with any negative thing that happened she would just push it to the side because she didn't want to keep reliving that pain and a lot of us know that if you don't process your feelings you're not really able to grow or really get over what happened to you in terms of your traumatic memories and um, as a parallel, 
uh, or as a comparison, I noticed that her daughter in the future, um, Larkin, aka Ashavere, when when she was adopted by other by um by a foster family who was abusive, she also just like her mother, um, Ashavere also grew up with this sense of okay this happened to me this person touched me this person did this to me and all I could do is just um move on with the next day or or maybe at the most maybe try to fight back but not really processing that emotion so uh, moving on to the next theme, I'll probably do like two more themes that really, um, that I really noticed because I don't want to keep going on and on and on. But anyway, the whole God is change. Throughout this series, the parable series overall, in her, um, I don't want to call it religion, but I'll just say her in her philosophy of earth seed. Lauren keeps, you know, creating these scriptures and repeating these scriptures that she made herself. And one thing that keeps standing present and keeps standing true is that God is change. Life is all about change. Nothing stays the same. So even back when she tells a story about how she was a, a kid growing up with her family and her neighbors back in her old neighborhood before it got destroyed there used to be this wall or this barrier protecting them from the the, the crazy people on pyro drugs and stuff like that but um throughout that portion Olamina kept repeating to everyone hey this isn't going to last forever. We're, we're not going to be protected for the rest of our lives just because we have this wall, just because we have this barrier. And eventually it's going to come, you know, come crashing down. Eventually they're going to, you know, attack us. And lo and behold, they did. So what was once a, quote, safe paradise is now demolished. And fast forwarding, to when um, in this book, in Parable of the Talents, where Lauren and Bankel and the rest of their friends gather up to create the community of Acorn, they spent their time building and um, making crops and educating people. And there was a community that kept growing and growing and growing, but eventually that got taken over by the crusaders that I was talking about earlier and they made camp Christian to make slaves out of the people of Acorn um, because they were quote sinners of a cult which was not a cult but anyway um, eventually the the people of Acorn overtake the crusaders or basically have a, a slave revolt and they end up like burning everything to the ground and just taking everything they needed to start a new life somewhere else. And um, they destroyed basically their community just to leave Camp Christian and to 
start a new life. So once again, there's that moment of, okay, there's building and flourishing and growing. And then later they had to burn it all to the ground and start over. So it's this consistent pattern or, or pendulum swing from this moment of time, there's happiness to sadness. There's building to destroying. There's the old me versus the new me. And another example of um, change is um, I took notice of people's names changing. So with the main protagonist, Olamina or um, Lauren, her name is interchangeable because her full name is... I forgot her middle name, but her name is Lauren Olamina. Some people call her Olamina. Some people refer to her as Lauren. So there's that. And Lauren has a brother named, uh, was once named Mark Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. But then later on in the story, he gets adopted by um, a small family. And then he changes his name to Marcos. M-A-R-C-O-S and I thought that was like a little bit pretentious it's like oh don't I'm not Marcus anymore now I'm Marcos it's like okay <laughs> so I mean even little changes like that um to where Mark 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 I'll just call him Mark he becomes his own man so to speak by making that little change and then towards the end of this novel when Lauren is trying to find her daughter Larkin um, because the people of the Camp Christian like took her away and gave her to an, an adopted family. She was trying to find her daughter and she and her, uh, one of her friends, Allie, she introduces her to a woman or a girl, teenage girl named um, Baylin Ross and Balin Ross tells her story of how she was abandoned by her family. She came from like riches and wealthiness and now she's like homeless and has nothing. But even then, she's now going by Len. So she went from being um, Balin to just Len. So as you can see, it's just these changes in names and shifts and nothing ever stays the same. Let me... Let me um, move on to the last theme that caught my eye was the theme or the, the idea or the concept behind the oppressed versus the oppressors or vice versa, the oppressors versus the oppressed. So it I noticed that throughout this story, um, Octavia Butler has this way of illustrating the many different ways of how the oppressors always have some kind of way of blaming the oppressed for just being oppressed and it makes no sense because you have these group of powerful people who are stepping all over these group of people or individual and instead of taking accountability for their own actions, instead of changing their ways, they just wanna blame you for being so poor or uh, why do you have to you know, be so weak or why 
can't you just be rich like me? Why do you have to be this like lowly person? It's just always blaming the oppressed. And we see this in the wealthy blaming the poor. We see um, the constant, um, not moment. We see constant examples of men blaming women and trigger warning there is like a lot of scenes in this or moments in this book where women are constantly being raped and of course um it also tells how mark was also raped and beaten um when he was attacked as well and it's just so funny how in in camp Christian when it was basically like um, of course they were made to read scripture and repeat the Bible and they were shocked with their callers every time they asked questions about something and questioned Christianity in any type of way and whenever men would do something like you know something horrible like attacking a woman or or raping them or having sex with them their mentality would be like oh well you should be grateful that I'm touching you as this high priest because you're getting closer to God or well if I do something as a man it doesn't count as a sin but if you do something as a woman you're the most vile evil thing ever even if even if I'm taking over your body and it's like I mean it's it still happens today where women are blamed and and made fun of and ridiculed for what men do to us and we're called sluts and whores and skanks even if we didn't even want you to do that to us. And yet we're the ones who get punished for basically you committing the sin. And even even in um in Ashavere's and basically um Lauren's daughter in the future when she's like a teenager and she's constantly being um felt up on and inappropriately touched by her foster father her foster dad um he he had this way of making her feel guilty if if she didn't you know bow down to his request he would say things like what most gaslighters and abusers say like oh well i'm the one who saved you from being you know an orphan and you should be you should be grateful that we even took you in the first place you little ugly nasty thing it's like and it's just so disgusting and there's so many parts like that to where I just had to like pause and reread I'm like did he just really say that I'm like yes he did (laughs) and um it just had it holds so much similarity to what I've seen in my life with you know men being in the position to where they can get away with anything especially if they're in a higher power such as being a priest a preacher 
or um, a famous athlete or or a police officer, anyone in high power who feel like they can just do anything. And because they have that title of whatever they have, they can just get away with it. Or, oh, it's your word against mine and no one will believe you. But anyway, moving on to the ending and the resolution of the book. I want to get my thoughts right. So... Um, actually, let me read the last couple of paragraphs before the book ends in the epilogue. So I'm going to start with okay, so on page 404 my Larkin would not come. I begged her but she refused. She's caring for Mark He's just getting over another heart transplant. How completely, how thoroughly he has stolen my child. I have never even tried to forgive him. Now I watch as one by one the ships lift their cargoes from the earth. I feel alone with my thoughts until I reach out to hug each of my friends and look into their love into their loved faces. This this one solemn, that one joyous, all of them wet with tears except for Harry, they'll all go soon in these same shuttles. Perhaps Harry's ashes and mine will keep company someday. The destiny of Earthseed is to take root among the stars after all, and not to be filled with preserva- wait, preservative poisons boxed up at great expense, as is the revived fashion now and buried uselessly in some cemetery. I know what I've done. So even in that and then it goes on to like um it goes on to finish off with the parable of the sower story in, in the bible so to me the ending felt like not abrupt necessarily but it was her it was um lauren saying you know what my daughter may be estranged to me now and she may love or um, be more attached to my horrible brother and um, I and by the way I'm never forgiving him for what he's done I'm never gonna forgive she said I I never even tried to forgive my brother for what he's done and by the way another spoiler so in the future Mark stumbles upon um, sorry for the background noise that's the helicopter or something or the gardeners but anyway um in the future, Mark stumbles upon his sister's daughter, his niece, Larkin, and basically adopts her and so glad to meet her. But then he lies to her and says, oh, sorry, sorry, Larkin, or Ashaveria in that case, sorry, but your mom is dead, my sister and uh, your father are dead. And he lied just to keep her close to her. And then he also knew that his sister Lauren was trying all these years to find her daughter but then um I mean she also said okay keep me posted keep me posted let me know about anything you find and then come to find out he just keeps her a secret and I just thought that was so selfish of him to do that to his um to his sister and I know what he was thinking he's probably thinking okay well not only am I alone and I want company, but also I don't want my niece to be 
with her cult following mother. So I'm just going to keep her nearby me and my, you know, my faith of being a Christian. And that was very selfish that he was, that was such an asshole thing to do. I'm sorry. Um, But also in Lauren's case, she had a little bit of selfishness too, not so harshly, but in a way where it's like all her life, she was focusing on earth seed, earth seed, earth seed. And yes, she thought about her daughter and finding her and she did try her best, but it wasn't as important or it wasn't as much a priority as taking root among the stars and making disciples out of people with Earthseed and making that community as much as finding Larkin, her daughter. And um, even her daughter was like, well, reading my mom's journals, it just seemed like she cared about Earthseed more than she did me because um, way earlier in the story, she had a chance to live a better life while she was pregnant with her daughter and um, while she was uh, married to Bankhole before he died, he was always saying, honey, we need to just move to this already established and already safe neighborhood so we don't have to worry about that and you're pregnant and I'm not going to let our child go through all this bullcrap of barely surviving and um going all through this but she was but lauren was just so stubborn and so in her head about following her dreams that she just like nope 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 i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and now now fast forwarding it it costed you your daughter it costed you your husband because he's dead he's been dead for years or decades at this point near the end of the story and she's still at the end she's like nope i i don't regret it all i would do it again and i at least at the end of the day i used my talent well i didn't just waste it i wasn't just quiet about it i um i'm one step closer to taking root among the stars and following earth seed and following my dream and my passion which is kind of I want to say it's slightly admirable, but not to the extent where it it surpasses your, you know, taking care of your children or like your loved ones. Because I mean, I mean, I hate, I can't stand her brother Mark more than anything for what he did. But at the same time, um, it's just interesting to see the the comparisons of the different types of selfishness. So overall, Lauren was selfish when it came to sharing and exploring her talent that was given to her and her way of like showing the world, hey, we can be better than this. We can grow. All we need to do is just listen to like science and proof and change and stuff like that. But of course, Mark was so selfish that she that he kept her daughter with her I mean with him just so that he wouldn't be lonely or just so that he thought he was saving a soul um from damnation or whatever but I just thought it was interesting the way it just ended like that so before this ends I only have a few minutes um overall I really enjoyed reading this book 
So out of five points, I would give it five out of five. Out of 10 points, um, I'm going to be that asshole and say I'm going to give it nine out of 10 only because of the, the pacing in general. And um, like I said before, some people can speed read. Some people could have read this book in less than a month, but it took me three months. And I based that score of nine out of 10 in my overall engagement of the story. There were certain parts where I'm like, oh, I, I, I wonder what's gonna happen next. I'm, it's full with suspense. Um, I made my predictions um, with most chapters, but in certain parts of the story, I was like, okay, when are we gonna kind of hurry it along? I don't really care about you know this character. I don't care about this backstory. I just wanna focus on um, the story between Lauren and her closest people along with her daughter's story but anyway um I I love Octavia Butler as a writer I'm glad that I stumbled upon her I'm uh, I love her style of writing it's like it's very like the dialogue is like simplistic but it's kind of like entertaining it has a touch of feeling of melancholy or like depressing parts but at the same time it's filled with wonder and that fantasy um it takes place in a a dystopian future which turns out to be which evolves into a better future somewhat and you know things are getting slightly better in the name of Earthseed so yeah um thank you so much for listening to my first ever book review and once again this is called the parable of the talents or parable of the talents by octavia e butler and if you want to start reading the first or the preceding novel the preceding novel before that is parable of the sower s-o-w-e-r um if you want to connect with me on twitter my twitter is at cutieartist 92 and yeah i'll be posting this on twitter and promoting well not promoting i'll just say hey guys i did a book review of this hope you enjoy and then like you know that one person can enjoy it so anyway uh guys it was nice discussing this and I will be reading the next book. I'll let you guys know later on. Catch you guys later. Bye.